0: hello everyone happy new year this is the engineering success podcast episode 18 my name is daniel Dollinger, and i am your host sorry it's been over a month since the last episode i have been enjoying my holiday season with my family that (coughs) and of course you know work but that's life right that's life Sometimes the little hobbies come behind. But speaking of New Year's resolutions, my New Year's resolution is to record more episodes of the podcast. And I hope to do that this year. I'm going to hope to have at least 24 episodes in 2022. So we'll see how that goes. All right. If you want to be featured on all 24 plus of those episodes consider supporting the podcast like sabineandcheese.net. For $10 a month, I will shout out you every single month at the every single episode of the month. And for $5 a month, I'll give you a shout out in the first episode of every month. And uh, all people who donate to the podcast on your first donation, no matter how much or how little I will shout you out as well. All right, let's get into the podcast. I might be, I'm might. rushing into it, uh, not rushing into it, but I'm not taking as much time to get started because I actually already recorded this part of the podcast, and then my cat spilled my water, so then I had to re-record. So let's try again. All right. So we have the Quit Your Job segment, and this one is close to Quit Your Job. This is the Avoid at All Cost segment of the podcast. It's like quitting your job before taking the job. So here we go. Question asker says, I was told $40,000 a year salary over the phone. And then during the interview, they changed it to $8 an hour. I have an engineering degree. They literally only wanted to hire me for a single project. I asked them if they could live on $8 an hour. And this was on our anti-work. It's a new subreddit for me to pull from, but it's a good one. Question asker says, what? Okay. So I got an engineering degree and I got a phone call for a $40,000 a year salary job. I thought, all right, cool. Finally got something. Get to the interview today. And during the interview, they said it's a contract that starts at $8 an hour for nine months. And then after that, they may consider the $40,000 a year salaried. They slipped up because before discussing the pay, they were telling me about a project that expected to last eight, maybe nine months. Fifteen minutes later, they told me it was a contract instead. I asked, so is the contract only because of that project? The two guys interviewing me looked at each other, and after about two seconds of silence, one of them says no, in a very off-putting way, no. I asked them, okay, so if I hired you for $8 an hour right now to work at my company, could you live off of that? I'm worth $40,000 a year, but you're... You're worth more than that, but we'll get to that later. I have experience, knowledge, and skills. You're paying me for those things, not just the work that needs to be done. That's not a negotiation. The older guy snapped back at me. Look, son, I started off at $2 an hour watching shit off of chicken eggs. And I cut him off here and snapped back. So it, is me designing for your company worth only $6 more than washing shit off chicken eggs? I was told to leave, and then I wasn't welcome on company property anymore. I'm so effing tired. Wife makes roughly $20,000 a year as a teacher, and the best I can find as an engineer is $8 an hour. We can't afford anything. We both agreed never to have kids because of how expensive things are. Nothing pays anything. What the F are we even supposed to do? What the F are we even living for at this point? Getting on a bit of a mini rant here, but Realtor told mother-in-law her mobile home, trailer home, is worth $250,000. And they want to pay $45,000 as a down payment. Mother-in-law won't budge because she doesn't believe her daughter makes so little, even after she we showed her this pay stub. Chief's apartment near us is roughly roughly fourteen hundred dollars a month in rent, and it looks like a crack house. TBH, I'm so frustrated at everything right now. I'm actually considering working at Burger King because they start off at nine dollars an hour here. What was use? What use was all these thousands of dollars of loans if the best I can do is fast food? Okay, lots of things to unpack here. First of all, what? Area are you living in where $40,000 is a decent salary for an engineer, $27,000 is a teacher's salary, and cost for rent is $1,400? That is insanity. I mean, like starting salaries in San Antonio, for example, $60,000 minimum for engineers. And fifty thousand dollars to fifty-five thousand dollars for teachers. That's what we're experiencing here. I I did all the numbers whenever Maddie was applying for jobs for schools. It was like fifty to fifty-five to fifty-eight if you had a master's. Um, lots of options for teachers. And your wife is making twenty-seven thousand dollars a year as a teacher. I mean, even without a master's, you should be making more than that relative to the cost of living and the cost of apartments near you. Um, and for you as an engineer, I mean $40,000 is low and $8 an hour that's a freaking joke. That's like I mean that's that's an absolute joke and no engineer with experience should even ever consider in the US taking a contract like that. Like that's, that's just garbage. So if this story is real cuz this story on was tagged maybe fake but we like it. If this story is real good on you for not wanting to associate with that company. I mean, I would have been a little bit more professional in the interview. But then again, I mean, you're not going to ever want to talk to or work with or do anything with these people ever again. So doesn't really matter that much to me. But oh my gosh, like, (laughs) this is this is insanity. If I were you, um, I don't know anything about the mobile home bit. But I think you're just saying that to give me context, avoid the mobile home, avoid the area that you're in and start looking at Other areas that have a better cost of living to salary ratio. Um, There was actually an article that just came out Um, cost of living to salary ratio. Um, Cities in the US. So um, the Fool, fool Fool.com, so I'm guessing this is the Motley Fool. Um, yeah, it's the ascent. So the 10 most affordable cities with high salaries and low cost of living. Here's a couple of cities for you to consider for most affordable cities. Cedar Park, Texas. Uh, where is Cedar Park, Texas? It looks like it's a suburb of Austin. Okay. Uh, Midland, Texas. Uh, you know, Uh, Ogden, Utah, Raleigh, North Carolina, Provo, Utah, Des Moines, Iowa, Austin, Texas. That's interesting. Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Winchester, Virginia. So the average um, income to expense ratio in Cedar Park is 1.384. So the average cost of living is $58,000 a year. And the median household income in that city is $80,000. So do some research. Are there any of these? Look at the rankings of cities with uh, incomes to cost of um, living and consider looking at cities near you that, uh, that might or areas near you where you can have a little better options. But, dude, this is insane. I mean, again, I understand why people think that the story is not real, but honestly, I've heard worse stories before about people's experiences trying to get jobs. So, if it's real, sorry about that. That's ridiculous. Um, God, that's insane. But I wish you the best of luck. Look at different cost of living areas and experienced engineers, you should be making over the median cost, of the median uh, income in your area. So, you know, look, use it as a starting point. But goodness, oh my goodness. I, I, would, I would look at like Glassdoor and other resources to see what engineers should be making in... in in, in your area as a starting point and put something around that range as your requirement when applying for jobs. Because that'll at least help save you from some of these crazy conversations because $40,000 is low. That's low. All right, next question. question is titled employer asked to meet my parents this is on our engineering students this is tagged internships i age 25 interviewed to intern for this very small engineering company in the past i was a part-time math teacher at a catholic school cool i noticed on the company's website on their mission page the company's first value is always have faith which i found odd after a couple of virtual interviews, I went to go get lunch with the CEO, whom I had interviewed with before. At lunch, he specifically brought up how he liked me because I taught at the Catholic school and that his child goes to Catholic school too. I was getting the vibe that he only liked me because I was Catholic, which is a problem because I don't identify as Catholic at all. During the lunch, he told me he'd be sending a formal offer and he'd like to have dinner with me and my parents at some point. One, how do I let him know gently that him meeting my parents is definitely not appropriate? He also brought up Jocko Wilnick during lunch, who's sort of a tough guy motivation podcast author, and I'm getting pretty bad vibes from this guy, but I absolutely need a summer internship. Two, are the bad vibes and possible religious discrimination enough of a red flag that I should move on and try to find another internship? I have a few leads, but nothing is guaranteed. Okay, how do you let him know that meeting your parents is definitely not appropriate? Just say I'd love to have dinner with you at some point without my parents. I love it. I love to have dinner with you. So uh, thank you so much for the invite for dinner. I'd be happy to meet with you. I'm not going to ask my, I'm not going to be able to get my parents to come to dinner. I mean, what? <laughs> like what kind of, your, okay, again, this is, the question is, is, should you avoid this? I wouldn't quite avoid it yet, but I, I would, um, I, I would just be kind of firm and say, you, you'd love to have dinner sometime. And, and, and um, I'm wondering if he's doing that because he personally doesn't want to be in a position where he, um, is with you one-on-one. Um, so maybe, maybe, um, I just, I wouldn't, goodness, this is so, this is just a weird request. I just say, hey, I'd love to grab dinner with you sometime to talk more about my role. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get my parents uh, to, to join us for dinner. And you can even say that they're not in town or, or whatever. But And if he keeps on pushing on that, then then, then just straight up ask him, why? Why do you want to have dinner with my parents? I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm just, I'm confused. Um, but I, I totally get needing to have an internship. That It is so important to have internships. So... The always have faith bit and the religious discrimination bit. I really wouldn't worry about that too much. I I really wouldn't, especially if it's just an internship, because an internship is you know it's just a short short experience. And even if you don't like the work culture there and, and you realize it's not for you, that it's a learning experience. You have the experience on your resume. It sounds like they're going to pay you. Or I'm assuming they're going to pay pay you because it's an internship. But, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't completely discount this, but again, yes, be firm. Um, I gave a, a couple examples on how to how to reject the offer to meet your parents. But goodness, that is a weird request. It's not normal. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, I whenever I started working at a company, I thought it was super cool. My parents are in town. I wanted to show them where I worked, and I, I brought them in, and that was kind of fun. But as my first job out of college and I had interned for the company and I loved, and my parents just wanted to see where I worked and I was young. So I got away with that, but maybe that was kind of weird, but, um, I don't know that was at a point in time where people had people visiting them in the office all the time. So I didn't feel weird about it. So, and, and I had my parents for lunch and kind of walked them around and showed them everything. So, but in, in your situation, during the interview process that's weird (laughs) and at all honestly i mean maybe if the company you've worked there for a while and they want to get everybody's families together because they're like it's not a business it's a family but no i i just don't i don't see any legitimate reason for them to do that so hold firm toe the line you can do this all right Well, that ends our opening segment for the podcast. Avoid at all costs. Should I do it? Uh, Should I quit your job? So we had one. Yes, most definitely avoid at all costs. And we had one. Uh, Maybe so. We're going to take a quick break for an ad break. And we'll be right back. All right, we are back. This question is from our engineering students. It's titled, Faking Enthusiasm on the Job Search. This question asks, goes to say, so I'm reading tips for doing well in interviews, and a lot of them seem to imply that we should communicate an intense and extreme desire, (laughs) sorry, an intense and extreme desire to be employed in that particular position. To the point that we need to know the company mission, every minute detail of the job, and act like we have some deep desire to be employed by this particular company in this particular position because we care so much about their goals, what they do, etc. I don't know about anyone else, but I have no intense enthusiasm to be employed at Faceless Corporation X. I just want a good paycheck. Am I alone in this? Like, I don't really care what these companies do. All I care about is that I will be paid appropriately for my level of education and experience to get the typical benefits. But I feel like the hiring managers will expect me to at least fake some kind of enthusiasm for any particular position. Even if it may be one out of dozens of positions I'm interviewing for. How do you guys fake enthusiasm if you simply don't feel it and are just looking for money? Well, I get it. For you, a job is a job, and it's nothing more. A career is a career. But say, for example, you have Corporation X and Corporation Y. Both of them are approximately the same commute, have about the same pay, and about the same benefits. On top of that, what is important to you? what would help you choose between those two companies there has to be some reason why you'd prefer to work for one company more than another other than just money benefits like for example work-life balance is it sounds like to you from the way you talk that work-life balance might be really important for you so i think that really i mean i get that you're saying that um that the company the 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 company wants you to know about the company and i think that you should um, you, you you whenever you're applying for jobs you should be doing a little bit of due diligence on your part to determine whether or not the company seems like they have the values that line up with you so for you fair compens- your values are fair compensation good benefits and then i'm guessing work life balance is another one from listening to this and you have to be able to look at a company and and and, and do your research on them to just to see if they if they are, are like that. So say for example, one of my company's values is we care about people. So you might say, hey, I saw that one of your values was we care about people. Well, you know, respect for my time and work life balance is really important to me. I really value my time that I spend with my family off the job, and that's where you could ask a question and say, hey in line with your company's value, try to line up that value with the things that are important to you. Or, for example, we care about people. Well, it's really important that I have good insurance to take care of my family. I see one of your values says it's really important to uh, take care of people. Is your insurance policy, is your vacation policy, is your time off reflective of that is people's availability to take vacation when they want to is it reflective of that value so what i what i recommend you do is look at you you should look at the company's values and you should know what the company does now you shouldn't have have to know every minute detail of the job but you should have a general understanding of what the job is and what the company does um Whenever you're applying for a job, you you ask from our engineering students. So I'm guessing you're currently a college student, but for me, as if I were as a potential employer, I'd want to know that the person was at least found the content area interesting. So, and maybe maybe that really isn't that important to you. Maybe it's the people that you work with, and and, and then the other things. So, I would just. I know that you said that you had some values, but I think that I'd recommend taking a deeper dive into things that you personally value other than just job and um, other than just paycheck and uh, benefits. And I'm wondering if you've done an internship before because if you've worked in a work environment before, um, a company's culture... It, it a company's culture matching with with the, the, your culture is important because these are people that you're spending 40 plus hours a week with every single week and it would just really suck if you spent that time miserable so i i think that it's not necessarily about being enthusiastic i think it's about communicating what's important to you and asking the questions about okay well what does this company do to value those things um for example, appropriate compensation. All right. Well, what does the typical pr- performance and development program look like? What are the typical typical annual increases? Do people get um, annual merit increases, and then they're also eligible for promotions on top of that, or is it just one one cycle? Um, are people? Is there a typical promotion cycle? Is there a typical timeline where people get promoted and are increased? I mean, there are a lot of questions you can ask, and and again, what I'd say is evaluate your personal values, and then do some research and have some standard questions that you can ask and they can be kind of generic. And, and then really, I mean, when I was interviewing for jobs, it, it, I took like five minutes to 30 minutes, five to 30 minutes, just go to the company's website, look up their values and look at it and say, Okay, pick on a couple pick up on, pick on one and and, and and line that up with your values and, and line up your questions to that value. It just takes five minutes of prep. It really does not take long. Uh, Another thing you can do, and again, I don't want, if I'm hiring somebody, I don't want somebody to work at my company that isn't at all remotely interested in what we do. Because, I mean, what kind of employee are they going to (laughs) be? You know, like, if I'm building airplanes and you just absolutely hate airplanes you don't want to talk about airplanes you just are bored by airplanes completely then do i really want you to work for my company do you have to be obsessed with airplanes no you don't have i don't want somebody that hates airplanes working for my company that builds airplanes so it's at least have a general understanding again as a college student you you want to have a general understanding of what the company does because it'll also help you out in the interview and in making first impressions Because if I'm a recruiter or a potential employer, and if I have to spend 30 minutes of my conversation with you explaining basic things about what my company does, that's 30 less minutes that I could spend in the interview finding out more about you and why you'd be a good fit for my company. And so if you have a general understanding, like, for example, if you're interviewing at Lockheed Martin, if you come into the interview and you don't even know that they make planes, and I think they make other things as well, but if you don't even know that Lockheed Martin makes planes and they have to explain to you that Lockheed Martin makes planes on in the interview, they're like, oh, this person doesn't care at all about working for Lockheed Martin because they didn't do take the time to do the bare minimum. So evaluate your values, understand what companies kind of generally, do some interview prep at your school. Um, and you don't have to be insanely interested, but you have to you want to work for the company because you want a job so do your part and communicate that you want to work for a company by at least having a general understanding of what they do what's important to you and asking the questions so that you can help evaluate if that company is a fit for you so how do you guys fake enthusiasm if and if you if you simply don't feel it and you're just looking for the money i mean I do it because it's just I, I, I relate. I fake it I quote unquote fake, or I, I am able. I was able to generate the enthusiasm by evaluating what was most important to me, other than just money, and trying to also relate the things like money and like you said benefits to the questions that I could ask about the company. So, it, you know. Fake being interested is just asking a couple of good questions, and being honest about what's important to you. But maybe don't say, "Hey, I'm just here for the money. I don't give a sh- don't give a rat's tail about what you do." Maybe don't say that, but you don't have to be super. Oh my God, I love what you guys do. It's my my life passion. That's kind of that's not expected. So, all right. Next question. Here we go. Question is, I have a medical marijuana card or a marijuana medical card, but can I still get an engineering job? And this is our Ask Engineers. Hello, everyone. I am currently a student in civil engineering and have recently learned about zero drug tolerance laws, zero tolerance drug laws that many engineering companies enforce especially with civil engineers, because of more liabilities. As someone with a medical condition and severe depression, I use medical marijuana to help me. It has helped me significantly in living my everyday life. Good for you. However, I am absolutely, utterly terrified that I may now not be able to use medical marijuana in my job. I do not want to return to using pharmaceuticals as they have made me feel awful and the side effects are not worth it. I see a lot of stuff online about marijuana and engineering, most of it saying it really isn't allowed in most places, but not much about if you have a medical card. I absolutely understand that you cannot be under the influence while at work, but can I have a medical marijuana card and still be allowed to use away from work if the company is a zero tolerance company? Also to clarify, I live in a state where it is medically legal, but not recreationally. I understand I would have to talk to them about this. I would truly appreciate any input. Thank you. So, um, you live in a state where it is medically legal, but not recreationally, you know, for example, my company, it's not allowed, uh, zero tolerance. I mean, it's a construction company and regardless of what state you're in, it's not my understanding is that it's zero tolerance, so I, I think it really depends on the company policy and not as much about the state, unless the state that you're in has laws about anti discrimination um, related to medical marijuana usage. But I haven't. I'm. I'm be, I'll be honest. I'm not knowledgeable enough about that, but I think it really just depends on the company that you're working for and their policies, and <clears throat> I mean. It may be one of those things where you can you can read their website and um, read their job applications. Usually, that kind of thing is on the job application. And and honestly, I mean, I think that the, the biggest thing for you is just to be straight up, straight up, and upfront about it, and say that you've been prescribed it and uh, what it does for you and, and 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 what in what circumstances you use it and how you don't use it. Um, you're not under the influence when you work and. And, and ask the recruiter that question and be prepared to, whoops, be prepared to have a handful of rejects, but hopefully, ideally, uh, you end up with the best situation with the best balance for you in your life, which is a situation where you can use the medication that benefits you and you can work in a job and a career where you don't work every day fearing a drug test, work every day fearing that you'll be fired because you're using this substance that helps you that's illegal to be used in your state. But um, I I think it really depends on the industry and the company specifically that you're working in and what their policies are. Um, And you won't know unless you ask. So I think it really is just a case by case thing, but I wish you the best of luck with it. All right, next question. Question is titled, I'm curious to compare degrees, levels to salary. This is on R. Ask Engineers, I'm curious to compare degrees, levels to salary. I'm wanting to acquire my degree in mechanical engineering. I've always had a good interest in it, but which is better to strive for a bachelor's degree or a master's degree? What are differences presented in the education for both? Thanks in, advice for any adv- thanks in advance for any advice and knowledge shared. I'm from North Carolina. Bailey, what are you doing, dude? Oh, you're being loud. All right. Um, so what are the differences presented in the education for both? I think the biggest breakdown between the difference between a bachelor's degree and a master's degree is that the bachelor's, bachelor's degree is going to be much more vague compared to the master's degree, which will be much more specialized. So I would only advise getting a master's degree in engineering if there's a specific specialty field that you're really it, this is given that you had a bachelor's degree in engineering, but get, the only instance where I'd recommend getting the master's right away, is it, or in general, is if you know that there's a specific specialty that you want to study and work in, and you need that master's to work in that specialty. So say, for example, you really are interested in, I don't know, I have a buddy that, got his master's in turbines because he wanted to do en- engineering for engines and turbines. Um, so that's um, he was a me- mechanical engineering undergrad and then he got his master's in uh, mechanical engineering fo- focused in turbines and and then that worked related to a career that he was interested in and passionate about. Um, and, and he was one of the people that actually went straight into that after school. but uh, in general my, my, my approach is is I personally wouldn't get a master's degree unless I had it funded by the company that I was working for. And I probably wouldn't stop working and miss out on any years of earning potential to get that master's degree. And on top of that, I definitely wouldn't do a master's degree program that isn't funded. And my preference would be one that also had a, if I did it full time, I wouldn't do one that wasn't funded. And if I did it full time, I'd actually prefer one that also had a stipend on top of the funding. so not I was actually you'd prefer to be actually paid to get the mechanical engineering degree. So those are the kind of the general rules that I follow. Don't get one if you don't know what you want to specialize in. just don't don't just get a master's degree for the sake of getting one. Um, I would recommend working in industry first before getting one, and then working in industry, I'd either recommend having your employer pay for it. Or if you do it full time, uh, definitely don't pay for it. Uh, Get one that's funded. And hopefully on top of that, a stipend on top of it. So those are my general rules for getting a master's degree. And I wish you the best of luck. All right. Last question, because Bailey is just crawling all over me. This one is ideas on how to network for engineering jobs besides just slowly meeting people over time. They go on to say the most obvious way to network is to slowly build a social circle over time, and maybe one day you'll be lucky and hear of something through the grapevine. This isn't too applicable when you're looking for a job in a shorter time scale. Are there any strategies or tips for how to use networking to improve the job search in the short term so it can be employed concurrently with sending out applications? I'm looking for ideas like maybe specific clubs, orgs, activities to become a part of, or any other ideas. Yeah, so I would say, um, for example, I was involved as a mechanical engineering student in the American Society of Mechanical Engineers. And so there there are professional organizations out there like uh, ASME, um, American Society of Mechanical Engineers, IEEE, the in- International or Institution for Electrical and Electronics Engineers, um, IKE that's for Chemical Engineers, uh, BS, um, th- there's other ones that I'm uh, forgetting of. have, uh, I-, I know people at my work are members of PIP, that's Process Industry Practices, um, and there's another one called JIP which I don't know off the top of my head, which I should know, but there's a lot of professional organizations where you can be uh, finding yourself interacting with people that are in different fields that you might be interested in working in, and in your discipline of engineering that you're interested in. I definitely recommend getting involved with those types of organizations. And then also I think uh, there's other types of professional organizations that might have engineers drawn to them that aren't quite as obvious. For example, a lot of engineers want to work on their communication skills. So there might be a Toastmasters club in your area that features a lot of engineers. It might even be named after engineering, something to look into. Uh, Just stuff like that. uh, Definitely ways to network. And then for me personally, it's not necessarily engineering or engineering career related organizations, but other just social organizations organizations that you are personally passionate about for example i'm in a group page for san antonio called bourbon in san antonio i'm really into bourbon and turns out there's multiple other engineers that are on this page and you know, whenever you connect with somebody through your personal passions, they get to see who you are as a person, what your values are. Um, I guess bourbon isn't the best example for me to show somebody my values, but you know, it shows I have taste (laughs) and I, um, but also I I meet people that are engineers on the golf course. I mean, just go out and about. And, and, and I know you said, it's slowly building a social circle, but on top of those really dedicated concerted activities There's definitely ways for you to just take that networking mindset to you being social. But with that being said, I I just recommend not to be too overbearing in those social settings, but definitely always be willing to talk about what you're interested in, talk about yourself, talk about your career, and and ask people about theirs and how you can be an asset to them because you giving to them, they'll, they'll give back. So it's kind of like a give and take in networking, so... Those are the general ways that I approach networking. Um, One other thing I did in college, I attended all of my university's networking events. So I go home for Christmas and I attend the Fort Worth alumni event. And then I come back in town and then I attend the San Antonio alumni networking event. If I happen to be in Houston and there's a networking event, I go to that. Um, I am involved with my fraternity. I still volunteer with them and uh, it's more me being a network than the other way around, but you know, don't forget your university. They have resources and ways to get you connected and and you might have an old professor or an old classmate that you reach out to that you're interested in what they're doing and and you can ask them about that. Um I know that I personally uh have tried to make myself somebody that my classmates can reach out to and even though I'm not I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not doing a very good job of networking people into jobs. I've gotten I've I think I feel like I can honestly say that w- at least one person I've positively impacted their ability to get a job, but it was all them and, and they their in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, hopefully there's other people in your life like me that not to brag, but that would be interested in helping out their peers and, and trying their best to at least uh, put your name forward and get you a little bit further along in the resume screening process. So, Yeah, um, look at your university, look at your classmates, look at your uh, the professional organizations and look at taking that networking mindset to your passions and the things that you enjoy doing on your own. And I think that you'll find that it's not that difficult to grow a network and then it just kind of turns into a snowball that just keeps growing and growing and growing. I wish you the best of luck and I hope that you find a great job that matches with you and your goals and your culture. All right. So sorry about the discombobulated podcast. If you watch on YouTube, you'll notice that I've, <laughs> I had to break it up into three set- sessions because it's just been ridiculous trying to find time to film the podcast. But I will get back to it. I will. I will be on it. I'll be consistent. I promise I will do my best to keep on posting episodes. Yeah, this has been the engineering success podcast I will check in with you in a couple of weeks and I look forward to the next one. Best of luck. Bye.